0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 112 of the Wisdom by WESA show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell.
0: I'm Casey Wilbanks-Coletti. And this is Sophia Yagela.
2: Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
0: A very special day because today marks the fifth
2: anniversary of Wisdom by Wessa. So thank you to Mike and Casey for making every show so fun and informative. The Horse Network and Equa Network for all the efforts behind the scenes and the guests for opening up to us and sharing all of their stories. And of course, a big thanks to our listeners for the support and keeping us going.
0: Yes, happy five-year anniversary to you, Sophia, and everybody at WESA. It's really been fun, as you mentioned. Uh, we have a really great time recording these. Um, I feel so. I won't speak on behalf of Mike, but it's been great, and I've thoroughly enjoyed all 112 episodes. So what do we have planned for the upcoming shows? So together, we're getting
2: ready for the August WESA trade show. So we'll hear from more exhibitors and retailers, and then we'll have a show special during August, followed by a great announcement by one of our members. So stay tuned and subscribe to Wisdom by wessa on your favorite podcast players to never miss an episode.
1: Diva True and his parent company, Diva Shoes, are yet another example of how success can grow from adversity. Suzanne Lorenz joins us today to tell us how and why her father started the company and how the family guides its success today. Suzanne Lorenz, thank you so much for joining the Wisdom by Wessa show.
3: Thank you for having me. And uh, if I remember correctly, I should be saying congratulations. This is the fifth anniversary, and uh, I'm honored to be part of that. Thank you guys so much.
1: Well, thank you very much. Five years we've been doing this. We have had a chance to interview a lot of successful family-owned businesses, but each of them have a little different history and different reasons why the family got in the business, different ways that they've been successful, different ways that they divided and conquered the way they go about doing business. You clearly have a successful family business that really started because your father had a great job and then suddenly didn't and decided to start a family business. But what I want you to do is take us through that. We have a lot of a lot of retailers, you know, who watch the show or listen to the show, and I think they'd be interested in seeing how you managed to hold the business together and make it grow and introduce a new line.
3: Absolutely. So, back in the 80s, my dad, well, his whole life all he was in was footwear, and he worked for a big company. And that company um, downsized and closed the division he was working for. And he had three girls and was married and we were all at different ages. And so as a, as a parent, you know, you either sink or swim. Right. And so he knew knew that he needed to do something to provide for his family. And he wanted to do something on his own so that he didn't ever have that panic situation again in his lifetime that he was going to lose everything. Right. So he, um, began importing a brand uh, footwear out of Europe. And um, at the same time, I was in college and I came home from college and began working with him because I was in the fashion to merchandising program in college. And so I came home and it just made sense for me to start helping him. And we began the company in 1989 and we were importing a Dutch design and that was being uh, produced in Italy and we were distributing it in the Americas. And a few years in we decided that we would take our product and begin producing some similar product at a lower price point out of Brazil so that we could mass market a little bit more. And so that's kind of how we began and launched the Deba True brand or the D- what was originally the Deba brand and then morphed into the Deba True brand of uh, leather footwear. And then, so that kind of came about in 93, which was about the same year that uh, my husband came on to work with us. And then that quickly grew and we um, brought my sister on in 94 as our COO. And we continued with that uh, as a family business and grew that into a, we own a 50,000 square foot warehouse and office now. So at that point, we moved um, our production down to Brazil to sort of provide a lower price point, um, a little bit more mass market leather product. And then we were still distributing here in the U S at that same, um, point, my husband came on in 93 to kind of start with that division. And then my sister came on in 94 to do our COO department. And she has been sort of spearheading that ever since. And my husband is now our national sales manager And about four years ago, we launched a division where we do third-party logistics for other footwear companies, mostly new companies to the United States, since we are sort of a 30-year-versed company in importing. So we started the 3PL division, and now four years ago, our son came in and is running that division. So we're into our third generation here as being a family-owned company.
1: Absolutely, no doubt it is a family-owned company. Now, one of the things you decided to do, uh, well, two things. One, you introduced Diva True, and I want to talk about that. And then you sensed that there might be a market in the Western world, and you began with Wessa. Let's first talk about the introduction of the Diva True brand.
3: Yes, so we did the Diva brand originally, which stands for Dutch design, because our original partner was from Holland. Italian Ingenuity, because it was being produced originally in Italy, and then Brazilian Manufacturing, because we moved it to Brazil, and then American Distribution, so it's Diva D-I-B-A, and that's how it started, and then um, I want to say in maybe 2010 to 2012, we rebranded to Diba True, because um, the brand sort of morphed into this real-life footwear brand for women who don't necessarily want to be the forefront of fashion, but also want to be trendy. Um, And then about at the same time, we started to sort of see the Western trend come into fashion in sort of a more mainstream way. And I think that's kind of how the brand incorporated the Western to begin with. And then the brand sort of took off in the Southeast and the South And um, the Western thing just was a really big fit, fit, and the retailers that carry predominantly Western product began carrying our footwear and did really, really well with it. And I think that's kind of how we just organically became a little bit in the Western market.
1: Well, and I think, and we've learned from the stories that we have done, uh, that everybody has begun to realize that whether you're a rancher or a rodeo contestant or whatever you do, you don't wear boots all day long, every day. And so a lot of companies have begun to realize that the Western retail world was looking for other products that they could sell to the same people that, who they sold their boots to. And it's been a very good opportunity for those companies who not only saw the opportunity but learned how to go ahead and make it work. And you and I talked not to when I, when we talked a week or so ago uh, about your take and your approach to the western retailer.
3: Yes. So the western retailer is not going to look at our entire collection, right? Cuz we're a fa- we're more of a fashion brand. However, we have such a big following that we gear our our product development to always have some staple items that will um, look at the Western market. And as we wanted to go after and capture that retailer, we kind of asked around in the industry, and that's how we found out that WESA was sort of the forefront of um, the retail mecca for retailers to come and look at that show. And so our first experience with WESA was actually the last show that you had at the Denver market. And that's how we very first became exposed to WESA, was um, just sort of finding out that you guys were, were pretty much the it show to be at if you wanted to break into that Western market.
1: Well, I mean, that's been the case. We like to think that. I want to bring Casey in here pretty soon, too, because, A, she has boots. B, she has shoes and footwear that aren't boots. She is fashion forward. She is a fashion follower.
0: We could probably work his wife into making out pretty good in these situations. I've got to start thinking on this and get him to start buying some of these products for his wife.
3: (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) There we go. Well, I'd love to talk about your spring and summer line. Obviously, there are many different styles. And I'll tell you, I'm from the Western world, but I would not limit myself to any of your shoes. I could find something to wear with all of them. But if you would like to talk about just some of the products that you would consider part of your, you know, maybe more Western line in your spring and summer um, footwear.
3: Absolutely. One of our core products that we've had in our collection for the last uh, six years is called the Walnut Grove and the West Haven. And although they're both in the booty category, they are boots that are done with hand finish. So it becomes a little bit vintage looking. Mm -hmm. And the Walnut Grove is a little shorter and the West Haven comes up a little higher on your ankle. But both of them, we have found to be a ginormous crossover for us. Even though they're booties, they do spring and summer really well because the girls wear them with their short, short denims or the dresses. As a fashion person, I'm super happy to see dresses trending again. Even the floral dresses just are so beautiful. And those boots particularly really complement that style for fashion really well. Um, Obviously, they do well in the summer, but as far as our core product, those are our two leading products year round, year in, year out. So cute. I'm
0: looking at them right now. Um, The Walnut Grove, and there's many different colors. It's so cute and kind of have like a washed out look or a rustic look, but just um, two to the right of that on the website, the honeysuckle. Um, it is oh. like an open toe, but still kind of like a booty um, if you will, but also a sandal love that. I would definitely wear that in the Western industry.
3: Casey, it's funny that you say that. That is, and I said, as I said, that the the vintage material has been our number one selling look for about six years, but this is our first year we have ever done them in a summer sandal, that material in a summer sandal. And we were always nervous because the sandal retail is a little higher than our normal summer sandal retail price. So it's around I think $159 if I'm not mistaken. And we were really nervous about that because we like to give our customers a good quality product at a at a really nice price point. And those, the honeysuckle just blew out the door for us. If we, you know, you're always chasing one category every year. I feel like there's always one thing that you're like, Oh, I wish I had thousands more. We would have sold them. And that honeysuckle, ironically enough that you just chose that one, that <laughs> particular style is the shoe this season that we would chase after really? because it did so well. Yeah.
0: Oh, I time, hate so. that. I have good taste. It does <laughs> not work in my favor ever. <laughs> <laughs> really good
3: taste.
0: My husband tells me that all the time. Yes. Oh, I mean, I've slipped on a few things before, but nonetheless, um, so one of the things I do want to mention besides the fact that I love the shoe, when you go to a shoe on your website, great pictures. So like you get to really look at the shoe. There's literally like eight different angles of your shoe. And then a cute little video. If I'm a retailer, I'm thinking this is, this is great. Or even these are all the things that I'd love to see how it's going to look with jeans or a dress, which both are featured on this particular page of your shoe. So maybe talk a little Mm bit about that. And the fact um, that that surely isn't an accident, you're doing that on purpose.
3: Exactly, right. Amongst one of the many hats that I wear, because being a family-owned company, we sort of all do everything, right? I oversee our marketing department, and when I first started doing that, I had no background at all in that. And um, over the course of the last 10 years, I've learned a lot. And one of the things is, is the more information you can give a consumer, whether it's your retailer or the end consumer, it encourages them and gives them all of the information they need to secure a good feeling when they're buying your product. And so we have developed a really great way of doing a photo shoot and taking all of those images. And providing that for both our retailers, if they want to use the information, as well as the end consumers on our direct-to-consumer page. So everything that you see is available both for our retail base as well as the end consumer base. So we do that just to provide that type of information. Yeah,
0: it's great. And um, if anybody's a shopper like myself, um, there's matching belts. Uh, I would <laughs> yep. <not> leave that <laughs> We can't leave that out. There's, they're um, so so cool. I'll let you talk about them, but
3: yeah. So I'm glad you brought up the belts. Um, We do belts and bags. And the really neat thing about the belts and bags are a few years ago, I was, you know, I I was just like, gosh, we use all this leather and there's got to be remnants. And like, what could we do with the remnants? And I spoke to the gentleman who is our um, agent in India. And I said, what could we, could you make belts out of the remnant material from the boots? Okay. And he's like, well, sure, let's see what we can do. And so all of the belts and the handbags are made from the remnant material oh, left gosh. over from the footwear production. So they so literally kind match. Of cool, <laughs> yes, they literally match. So it's really kind of cool. And then the belts in particular are marked so that they go from a size U.S. women's 14. They're marked to go down to a size four. So all you need is a screwdriver. It becomes two pieces. You poke the hole, you slice it, and it's your size. So it's sort of a one-size-fits-all, and we did that so that our retailers don't have to carry 17 different sizes, right, in four different colors. Oh, your yes. investment up front is a lot less, so you can carry two charcoal, two tan, and two whites, and then as you sell them, call and reorder them, and we can fill them in. We did that specifically because we wanted to make the program doable for our retailers.
0: Truly brilliant because even as a consumer, when I order belts online, say, and it'll always be like small, medium, medium, large, and they (laughs) never fit. (laughs) No matter what, no matter how good the size guide is. Are you a wholesaler looking to get into more stores? Equine Industry News is here to help your equine business grow. It's our purpose. As the only business-to-business magazine connecting the equine industry in North America, we help wholesalers tell their story to tack, feed, and western stores while providing industry knowledge to help all equine businesses flourish. Tack, feed, and western store owners get the industry insights they need to bring more customers in from field experts that also understand the uniqueness of the equine industry. Gallop forward with Equine Industry News by visiting equineindustrynews.com today. So I never thought of that. That obviously a benefit to your retailers and the consumer.
3: Yes, exactly. And that's the whole, like when we, um, one of the things that I learned from my dad from day one was um, if you treat your retailers like their family, then your retailers will continue to come back to you. And so, um, I have always, always instilled that in my sales, the way that I sell is that I I would never want to provide something for my retailer that would ever hurt them. And so everything that we develop, every shoe that we, you know, the shoes come from India as a sample and we do some uh, test fits in the office. And everything that we put on, we're like, okay, how is this going to feel if we walk? And how is this going to feel if we're running or we're sitting? And so we really try to provide a product that's going to be um, the best product we can for our retailers, because that way we know they're going to come back to us. And if we can't, then we just tell them, listen, this style didn't make the cut because we couldn't get the fit right or the leather came in wrong. We don't want to, we want to always be a good partner for our retailers.
0: That's a good word for it, a partner. I think there's a lot of things in business, right? If we looked at it more as a partnership, um, would go a lot further. So commend you for that. I
1: mean, you're talking about retailers, partners, all that. If I, and we got a lot of retailers who listen to this show uh, and talk to other retailers. If I'm a retailer, I'm not carrying your line, but I'm interested in expanding my footwear product line to include more women's products. How do I get in touch with you? What do you need from me? What requirements need I meet, if anything, to be uh, one of your retailers? Let's talk about that side of it a little bit.
3: Terrific question. So we are always at the WESA show. We actually um, have a permanent showroom at the Dallas market on the 15th floor. However, during WESA, we take a temporary space on the 11th floor because our 15th floor just, it doesn't tend to get as much traffic. And so we take a booth at the WESA on the temporary floor of 11. So that's where you could find us in August and January. And then other than that, we have our permanent showroom on the 15th floor that is open during all of the apparel markets within Dallas. So we're there five times a year. So we'll be there at the end of June and again in August, October, and then back again in January. So that's, if you want to see our shoes in person and go through it that way, those are the places that you could see that. And then also you can just email me um, at suzanne at com. And um, I'm helpful that way I can, you know, kind of direct you. It's just, there's only three of us on the sales team. And so it's myself, my husband is a sales manager, and then we have a Southeast rep that's based in Atlanta, Chris Dupree. So those are the three ways to reach us. And as far as requirements, we are just a case pack brand. So we have um, one case pack, 12 pairs. That's it. That's all the requirements. Obviously, we would prefer you to do a little bit of a collection when you bring it in. But if you are one of the retailers who's like, I just don't know and I just want to try it, we're good with one case, 12 pairs.
1: Hopefully, they'll be reaching out to you to begin to uh, add Deba True to what they offer to their customers.
3: Terrific. I appreciate you asking that.
1: You know, I mean, this is a this has been a fun conversation. We like to talk to family businesses. I will ask one other question. Any other family members due to join the crew?
3: Um, no, not at this moment. I don't think so. I think we've we've sort of overstayed our welcome with that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know. I have we have a daughter, but our daughter is um, medically minded, science minded. So she for sure is not coming on. She actually has no clue what we do and doesn't understand it. Um, (laughs) And and doesn't want to know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So um as for now, I think I think we'll sit tight with the with the members that we have. And my dad still is at um eighty two, he'll be eighty three July fourth. He's a July fourth baby. Um and he still comes in every day into the office and, you know, kind of walks around and checks on everybody and sees if anybody has needs anything. He's a he's a great pillar in our um, in our office community, so there's about 35 of us that are here on a daily basis in office in St. Louis, and um, talk about you know a man who has a plethora of um, knowledge, and so it's great that he's here still every day, so that we can sort of check in with him if if we have you know how did you handle this kind of kind of a question.
1: Well, and I would imagine he's extremely proud of the rest of the family and all the rest, the employees on what has become his dream many, many decades ago. And so with that, I want to thank you for being on the show. We've enjoyed chatting with you. We wish you great success. Uh, And again, thanks for being on Wisdom by Wessa.
3: Thank you guys so much. And again, happy fifth anniversary. Hopefully I will see you all in August.
1: Okay. The show notes and links from today's show can be found at thewisdombywessa.com. And, of course, we'd like to hear your feedback. If you have any, there's a contact link on the website.
0: The Wisdom by Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Wisdom by Wessa.com website. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. WESA, where the industry meets.